0: Hello and welcome to Business Line Podcast. This conversation you're about to hear is a part of Business Line's Table Talk series conversations with leaders on their life and times and their businesses. In this episode, Vinay Kamath, Senior Associate Editor of the Hindu Business Line Chennai, speaks to Nestle India Chief Suresh Narayanan. For the uninitiated, Narayanan joined Nestle in 1999 as executive VP of sales. He was in Egypt during the Arab Spring in 2011 with all the chaos in the country. From Egypt, Narayanan headed to the Philippines, one of Nestle's largest and most prestigious markets. But in four months, in August 2015, he was sent to India to handle the Maggie crisis. No conversation with Narayanan is complete without asking him about how he handled it. We chat about his 40-year corporate journey, how Nestle coped the past two pandemic years, especially with COVID drawing back, and discuss his interest beyond corporate life and the impact his near and dear ones had on his success. Thank you for tuning in. Let's dive right in. Over to Vinay Kumar.
1: You know, no conversation with any corporate chief today is you know, bereft of asking somebody, how did you manage the COVID situation? I know that you talked a lot about it, you talked about how empathy is important and how people are very critical about the business. Business is important, but people are important. So, how did you manage this entire COVID crisis? Are you switching back and forth a bit from your sure. personal life and...
2: Sure. 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 Look, when I think, uh, you know, uh, leadership styles and leadership contexts Uh, draw themselves not only from the experience profile of the person, but also from the uh, purpose, values, and behaviors that the organization that he represents uh, embodies. And to me, I think this has been a very important lesson uh, in the fact that if a company is blessed with a corporate culture, a set of values, values, Uh, purpose and behaviours that are consistent over a period of time and that uh, in some sense embody professionalism but also combine with it uh, the music of empathy and compassion. Uh, You can tide over any crisis and uh, you know my company Nestle India has not been free from crisis. We've had our own existential crisis uh, some years ago but if there is one single uh, factor that has helped us to come out of uh, very difficult situations it has been this uh, camaraderie of uh, people you know when i told you that uh, you know i'm here in the office to meet my colleagues uh, it is for me and it is for them a genuine meeting of the family you know we, we feel we feel like a spirit uh, that is united by a single cause and by the cause of of the brands the company and the context that we that we that we represent and I think that has been probably the single most important pivot in the ability of me and my team in this situation so people has been at the center of what we have tried to focus on during this period you now we have what we call our five P's, which is people, purpose, partnerships, uh, planet. But I think uh, what has really driven the whole, uh, the whole performance, which is the fifth P of the other company, has been the focus on the first four. Uh, and this alone, I believe, can reap very rich, dividends not just to a company that is trying to do good to as many people as it can and being a force for good but also it can bind people together and uh, and in a very positive constructive way when uh, difficult times happen so uh, my focus has been you know in my discussion with the teams this uh, my team this morning uh, has been 90% around people what's happening to our people, what do they feel, how can we empower them more, uh, how do we now, when we have Omicron you know, staring no us mean, in the yes. face, how are we going to, you know, and already two years of of being apart as a team, how are we going to manage this transition uh, for a longer period of time. That has been the main context and has been surprisingly less on uh, whether we need to address particular brands or particular issues. Those are there, but they are a smaller part of the spectrum. The largest part is really on our people, is on our partnerships. You know, we have number of distributors, we have number of farmers, we have a number of entities who we deal with and whose livelihoods depend on us. Uh, and I think, I think these become far more important in the situation in which we are in than just performance you know i can i can tell you reams about the performance of the company and yeah. you can say suresh you are performing but there are 10 other companies also which are performing well so it's yeah. not you are not the only uh, chap who is doing well uh, what distinguishes you from the from the others what i would distinguish is uh, the distinction of our culture and coping mechanisms that we have as an organization and this comes with purpose values and with longevity. right
1: okay let me just backtrack a bit so you have been primarily a delhi boy or did you
2: grow up? look i my 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 father uh, worked in the, the border roads organization okay. so he built uh, he built uh, roads in the in the border so my childhood was spent in places like uh, Dehradun and uh, joshimath uh, nagaland bhutan oh right um, so this is where uh, he was and uh, so my parents decided that uh, after a certain stage that uh, uh, this kind of nomadic life would do no good for my education. Yeah. So they sent me to, wow. I, arguably it is the best school I believe, uh, and the best choice that they made for me was to send me to Rishi Valley. Okay. So I studied yeah. at, 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 at Rishi Valley in uh, for almost uh, five years of my, right. my schooling. So, I finished from Rishi Valley and then my father was then posted in, uh, in, uh, in Delhi. Right. So, I did my uh, economics honors from Delhi University from uh, uh, Sriram College of Commerce. Sriram, okay. Then I was wanting to be a bureaucrat because my family background are bureaucrats. My father is a technocrat. His father was a bureaucrat. And, uh, you, know, you know, it's a typical South Indian thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, if you are not into IIT or if you are not a doctor, then you should be a bureaucrat. Crack, crack. So I cracked crack the IAS that was yeah. the that was the objective. So I never applied for, uh, never gave the GMAT, never gave the CAT. I joined Delhi School of Economics, and lo and behold, in my second year, I got recruited by what was then called Hindustan Lever, you now okay. as a management trainee. Right and. Uh, uh, this June 2021, I, I celebrated uh, 40 years in uh, the corporate world.
1: Right. So, but for um, HUL recruiting from school apart from the management schools for that time?
2: Well, uh, I think you know HUL um, did have the policy of being a little bit more broad-based. and uh, uh, But they had not come to the Delhi School of Economics for many, many years. Right. So, sometimes I honestly believe uh, in the in the power of of karma and the power of destiny right uh, I don't know what it was they came and they requested people to apply and they said only the top 10 need apply right because uh, they were very selective so I applied uh, I was not even going to apply then uh, the head of the of the placement committee he said you know please apply or you know, least take a shot at it and then I spoke to my one of my uncles who was in the IAS and uh, he told me, Yeah yeah, you know, it's good good for to get the go through the interview because that in your IAS uh, interview it's quite tough. Okay. And the Lever interview is also I believe. Okay. Uh, so just for the experience. For the experience. Okay. He said you go for the experience, maybe it's a good thing. And my father said, No harm, apply for it and anyway I I I believe that I stood no chance because uh, yeah, I was a master's in economics, and they were looking for you know business school graduates. And IIT and IM was you like know, the common the denominator incredible in, incredible that, uh, of the in that in that uh, organisation. And uh, but I think sometimes when in life, when you are not uh, when you are very bindas about the consequences of what you do, you land up doing actually well. Right. That's what really probably happened. So I got. I got through the rounds in Delhi because that was the, and then I was called for the final round in uh, in Bombay and uh, it was a couple of weeks to go for my exam. So I, in fact, requested for an air ticket. Never done in the hmm. in the company, but I was given an air ticket okay. to fly down to to Bombay. I went through the interview round and you know we had case studies. Did you meet the chairman then? Uh, not at that time. Okay. Uh, we had uh, case studies. I, I didn't know honestly what a case study was. But right. I know theorems and hypotheses right. in economics, but I didn't know case studies, so the I business asked. Case, yeah. uh, so a business case study I've never done. So I remember there was a young lady from IIM Calcutta next to me and uh, I asked her, I said, what is a case study? So okay. to me and she said, I'm telling you, you don't know what a case She part. was astounded. Okay. So I said, uh, maybe she felt one less uh, competitor anyway, because this guy will flounder. flounder. She said, no, it's a, it's a, it's a business write up you will be asked questions on it and there will be discussion around it. So I, I went through that uh, that case study and uh, in half I was, more than half I was certain that I was not going to make it. I said, look, everybody here is so clever and so articulate and so much into it because their IIM time has been spent on case studies. What am I a fellow? Were person? you able to feel those questions though? I was I was able to. I, I, I think I did I must say that uh, I answered more generally, and uh, one of the characteristics I have is that I don't get uh, I don't get tongue tied. You know, I I can make a reasonable answer uh, right. even if it is not the most uh, most uh, intelligent or evocative answer. So I did do it, and then um, uh, the gentleman was selection and, and training manager. I right. remember, uh, there was a gentleman called Mansukhani. No. Mansukani, okay. Mansu so T. Right. Mansukani came and he said, Ladies and gentlemen, not all of you uh, get selected in this company and go to the final interview, but uh, all of you are very bright and all of you are great and you know, etc. etc. He says, But we have shortlisted uh, Mr. Suresh Taranand for the final interview. so Out
1: of how many candidates?
2: After, I think we have what, 14 or 15 of them. Oh, and you're the only one? Oh, wonderful. So I. <laughs> I, I fell off my chair and I said, look, I mean, there must be some mistake. I said, no, this is Suresh Narayan, you are Suresh Narayan. the one they want to
1: see. And what about that girl? What's ice, so ice popping she out? Must
2: have, <laughs> uh, she must have been shocked and I didn't get to chat with her afterwards, of course. But I think it was surprising to most people that okay. uh, that, that was the case. So, I went there.
1: Um, so, you dropped all your plans of the civil service?
2: Yes, because I went, uh, went for this uh, final interview and uh, one of my uh, the mentors in, in my, my, my career, Mr. R. Bhola was also on that panel, and uh, it was a it was a stellar panel. To think, you know, uh, uh, Sen who used to oh yeah, Sen right for us. Yes, uh, Sen was on the stuff. Panel. Yeah. Uh, then there was Tarun Sheth, who's a great uh, uh, management development yeah. manager of the company. He sat up Shilputsi Consultants. Shilputsi, yeah, yes, uh, he was there on the panel. R. Bhola was there on the on the, on the panel. Uh, Matthew Panikar, uh, mm-hmm. who was uh, the finance director of the company, was head of the panel. Uh, so these were the. the, uh, the, the who uh, was the chairman of HEL? Chairman Dr. Ashok Ganguly. Dr. Ganguly was the chairman there when, when I joined. And uh, yeah, so end of it all, uh, they made me an offer letter. They said, uh, You are selected. So I called up my dad. I told him, oh, Look, I have been selected. At, uh, so he, his only question was, he says yeah, they make, uh, they make soap and dalda and all this mm. uh, thing. you know that, That's all I know about this company. What salary are they giving you? So yeah, I yeah. gave him my, my salary. He said, yeah, it looks decent for your age and uh, for your experience. You know, it's, it's, they're paying you well. So I asked my uncle, who was in the IAS, I said, uh, uncle, I still want to you know, crack, uh, the. crack the IAS. He said, uh, he said, Suresh, that's all well. No, you know, my, my classmate uh, is doing very well in Hindustan River. Uh, Shunu Sen was his classmate. Oh, Shunu Sen so was his classmate. So, said, said Shunu was my classmate, doing very well in Hindustan River. And uh, uh, maybe you, know, you also do well. And incidentally, you might want to get into the IAS, but if you land up with a service that you don't want,
1: then you're stuck. Then
2: you're stuck. So, do you want to gamble that? I said, no, I don't want to gamble that. So, hence my journey in the corporate world. Okay.
1: So, how do you react to the fact that in the corporate pantheon, you're one of the few business leaders who uh, have a master's in economics but not a CA or an MBA or an engineer, which most CEOs are. Was that an impediment along your way or was the fact that Unilever you, you trained train you very well?
2: Look, I think uh, two things. One, uh, Unilever trained me very well. And I think from day one, uh, they never made a distinction. Uh, they said, you know, you're good talent. And... Whatever they saw in me, uh, I, I can't exactly say what they saw in me, but they saw something in me. So I think the training was uh, was was was, was uh, very good. And secondly, the, you know, I've been a reasonably good uh, student, and uh, I always felt that uh, you can try harder, and you can try and make up for some of the inadequacies of not having gone through a business school education. But the fact is. The base of management studies is economics. I mean, let's just yeah. not forget that Peter Drucker uh, had a PhD in economics. Yeah, yeah I mean, just, yes. Uh, you know, he was not a. He didn't yeah. have a PhD in management, but Drucker is the guru of uh, management, yeah. of management. Philip Kotler, yeah. uh, the great marketing guru, had a PhD in economics. You know, he's, he wasn't a, a marketing uh, PhD. So. I realized that here were people who had uh, strong foundations in economics, and I was privileged uh, and blessed to study at uh, the best, the best uh, school of economics uh, in this country. And in fact, I would say east of the Suez, uh, this was the, the considered to be the best, and I had some of the most outstanding professors at that uh, time who were. Uh, who were there to teach me. Which years
1: were you there, school 79 to 81.
2: 81. So and 81, you joined H-Well. 81, I joined h So, I had people like, for example, uh, you might remember uh, Professor Raj Krishna, who was a no. member of the Planning Commission. Planning Commission. Dhar- Prof. Uh, Dhar- uh, Dharma Dhar- Kumar, Dhar- Kumar also taught me. Uh, uh, Professor Sukhumai Chakravarti, who was uh, also there. Professor Rinalda Chaudhary. Yeah. All well known. Uh, they were all top-notches, uh, top-notches. Kaushik Basu. Kaushik Basu Basu. Yeah. There. Kaushik Basu was there. Prada Roy was my tutor.
1: Yeah, actually,
2: yes. He's, he's from D School. Correct? Yes, he was also from D School. Poling Nayak, many many uh, professor A. Nagar for mm. econometrics. I mean, these were they were giants. I mean, they were they were the best in their field. So I have learned with uh, I have been taught by these people. So I I never felt intellectually inferior or uh, felt inadequate. I would say I have to. Catch up on some of these things. But it training
1: really quickly brought you up to speed on business concepts. On yeah, they sales, were,
2: they and were. You see, One leader. of the things. The hallmark of a great organization is how you prepare your leaders, and I think uh, I think their their leader did a great job of, of, of preparing me as a leader. It gave me the the confidence, the legs, and uh, incidentally, I had you know uh, people like Gopalakrishnan, uh, who himself was an IIT engineer but not an MBA. Mm-hmm. So I said, look, I mean, we have got people like this, uh, and uh, remember, I was attached to the oil buying uh, uh, group of the company, and uh, the head was uh, a gentleman called Mr. VP Menon, VP Menon uh, did not have any formal qualifications, he rose to be uh, the senior guy in the company. So I said, look, all these people don't, don't have any, uh, you know, qualifications that, uh, I distinguished them for their job, but they've done extremely well. Mm-hmm. They've been, they've shown their metal and they've shown their caliber and they've risen to these levels. I will take a shot will,
1: uh, and so how long did you spend levers?
2: Levers I was there for almost uh, 16 years and, uh, and I must say I was very happy. I'm grateful I'll always be grateful to to Levers for uh, making me the, the business manager and the leader that I that I that later on I, I went on to be I think. I think it was it was a lot uh, hugely grateful to, to 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 Nestle for giving me the opportunities to do the things that I did. And uh, I think convincing me on the power of uh, of not just scale but also culture to make things happen. And uh, to all my colleagues, I think I have many. I'm still in touch with a lot of people uh, in the old organization organization uh, when I was there in at Colgate. Uh, which I think How many years were you in Colgate? Uh, just a year. Okay. Just a Colgate is a is a very fine company. I think it's one of the most human companies that I've. I was actually a little bit scared when I joined Colgate because I had this misapprehension on what is uh, euphemistically called the American style of management. Uh, but Colgate was anything but that, and, and I think a, a wonderful organization. With, Great set of values and, uh, and uh, solid uh, foundations in the country. So, labels you spend in various functions, various in various businesses, the various ASL functions. Businesses. Yeah, I was I started my career in the animal feeds uh, division in uh, in Nagpur, and then in Ahmedabad. And then I, went, I was part of the new products uh, division in brand marketing. I ran the hand-knotted carpets business of the company. They had, a business? Hand- they had the business? hand-knotted carpets because you remember… exports. Exports. Yeah. 10% yeah. of your turnover yeah. so so had to be in exports. So we had hand-knotted carpets. So I also uh, ran a unit out of Varanasi for one year. Uh, then I was in the in the garment export business of the company. So. Uh, the most unfashionable person to be in the fashion business. But anyway, I was given that thing. Then I became a branch manager in uh, Lipton, uh, head of sales for Brookbond-Lipton. That's when I, I, I left Where it. was it? In Brookbond? Bangalore. Uh, it was in Bagelow. The combined company. Brookbond and Lipton yeah. came together. So, I was uh, the head of sales for, uh, for, for that company. And uh, that's when I shifted to, uh, to, to Colgate. So, uh, I must say that uh, yeah, I've had more than more than a dozen moves uh, in my 40 years. Some international, many domestic, but uh, I think each one I've learnt. Each one has given me a, a different exposure, a different set of uh, problems, uh, many crises. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, keep, I don't know whether I was blessed or whether I was chosen. <laughs> Or I was cursed, uh, yeah. but I've seen numerous crises in my. So, Miami. which
1: are the ones? I mean, no. I mean, no conversation will be complete without asking about that Maggie crisis. But which are the other crises?
2: Uh, well, my my first uh, my first assignment when I was in my area manager for the animal animal feeds business in Ahmedabad, a small unit. You know, it is a great nurturing ground for entrepreneurs. The company then had that business, which is sold afterwards. Uh, you ran a unit and it produced cattle feed and poultry feed. and You had workers, you had a factory, you had a sales area. And you were the, like the general manager of the unit. You were called an AFS area manager. I really fancied that job, even though it was not fancied by many because it was a bit of a dirty job. You, know, mm-hmm. the, you had to sit in a factory which a smelt of fish meal and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. But I quite a, kind of enjoyed it and, and I didn't like the clappings of a regular office anyway. So, uh, I go to this unit. And that was in Bombay? That was in Andhra In uh, Naroda Industrial Estate. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm extremely happy. I'm uh, all of uh, 22 years old. And I said, wow, you know, 23, I was supposed to be here. 23 at that time. Saying, you know, great assignment for me to be in. Uh, within six months, I'm told that you have to Shut down this factory because we are shifting to a unit in uh, close to Baroda <coughs> in hello I was completely shocked. I said, I have to now uh, uh, get rid of people and, uh, and close the factory and 30, 35 workers. Uh, all of them were as old as my my dad, right?
1: And what years? And in years
2: in the company? And how do I make that happen? So, and also it was a fairly militant labor situation in, in Ahmedabad at that time, you know, early 80s. Uh, so what you uh,
1: baptism by fire?
2: Baptism by fire. So I, I did that and then soon after that then I had a, you know, I was part of a new products uh, division of, of, of Lipton and uh, we had one of the most successful launches of uh, a fruit drink uh, called Treetop, you know, uh, got off to a great uh, start, did tremendously well and then landed up with a huge quality issue. And the delamination of the uh, the laminate uh, happened, and we had to destroy tons and tons and tons of, of, of product, and mm-hmm. of course the brand also ultimately uh, shut down, so that was part of that. What what was the brand? It's called Treetop. 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 Okay. Uh, it's a it was a fruit. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Treetop. Was, might have, might have seen yeah. it in the in the market in Chennai, yeah. and all it was doing extremely well. So that was the other one. Then. Uh, when goodbond and lipton uh, merged uh, i was the you know there were five branches of goodbond and lipton in, in the western region and i was picked by the management to be the branch manager for combined five so i had to deal with uh, five unions and also uh, trying to get people and can you imagine when the and lipton guys hated each other we were yeah. fierce competitors my job in Lipton was to ensure that Taza was on the shelf, uh, that, uh, that uh, uh, Superdust was on the shelf uh, or Superdust was not on the shelf because it was a blueboard brand right? and indeed, uh, red label is knocked off. Yeah. Right? That's what I was t- trained to… And suddenly you had to… Suddenly. and fact, um, my first meeting, I remember uh, a couple, of, the competitors, couple of salesmen, they refused to sit next to each other. So, I said, look, we are all one family. He said, what nonsense are you saying, family? <laughs> <laughs> uh, two? They we just we're kill, old, killing each other the market. 50 They were 50 plus uh, salesmen, you know, 50 year old plus uh, salesman. So, they looked at me and they said, sir, what are you saying, uh, family? Mm-hmm. Till till yesterday, if I saw him on the street, I would kill him. Mm-hmm. And now you are telling us to come together. together. So, that was a big a big challenge, getting, getting everyone together and, and, and doing that. Uh, that challenge uh, notwithstanding, then uh, the the next big uh, uh, challenge was uh, uh, the Arab Spring. Of course, you were there, in Egypt. Five years, five Egypt, years in Europe. Egypt, yes, five years in Egypt. That was a that was a big, uh, big, uh, big challenge. How do you run an operation when you don't speak a word of the language? In a situation where internet is cut and when there is chaos in the country and all surrounding, because I had. I was uh, the chairman of uh, Nestle in North Africa. So I had uh, Libya, Sudan, and Egypt. So you could choose which country you wanted to call stable in some mm-hmm. sense.
1: That I think Sanjeev Mehta was also utility Unilever. Sanjeev
2: right? Mehta was the chairman of Unilever Middle East. So yeah. both in
1: Egypt at that time? Yeah. Okay.
2: yeah. No, he was he was in Dubai. Dubai, okay. Looking after the entire right. Middle East. And you uh, were based in Dubai as well? I was, no. I was based in uh, Cairo. Cairo? Okay. Right to the. Out of it. I was there when it started, twenty fifth January two thousand and eleven. Okay. Police day, as it is called, turned out to be, and my office was not very far. my My office, uh, you know, I used to be in the HSBC building in an area called uh, Zamalek. Uh, that was barely uh, uh, ten minutes drive from uh, Tahrir Square. So, yeah. literally my office was there and, and Tari Square was, 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 was uh, close by. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was, they were exciting, uh, tense moments, but uh, again, I think the, the power of Nestle, the power of culture, the power of people coming together, I, I respect the Egyptians a lot, because uh, we said, look, what do you want to do? Uh, first thing I had said to my team was, my management team was, I said, maybe we decide to send back our families but none of us will leave this country because i said a leader never leaves uh, you have to be there when uh, when, uh, when the team is going through difficult times many companies had flights booked out people were sent out to uh, to london to dubai wherever you know uh, we decided to send our families back because some of our expats had very young children uh, my wife was very happy being there she said look I don't perceive a threat and neither did I perceive a threat because the Egyptians, they, they love Indians. And they said, we have nothing against you. we have something against our leader. So mm-hmm. why should you get worried? But we said, no, it's prudent to send the families back. And uh, uh, I was there, therefore. Uh, and we asked the team, we said, look, do you want to engage at this time? and Should we do our best? or should we just hunker down and wait for better times? Very large operation, Mr. Very large, very large operation. Uh, we had two factories and uh, we were number one in ice cream, number one in water, number one in coffee. In most categories we were number one in that country. And uh, so they said, no, we will, we will be here and we will do uh, what we should do. So in the five years, uh, the, the company grew by an average 25% each year. And we invested… Through the throughout the crisis. the crisis. And we invested more in five years than we invested in the previous 15 years. So we put up new facilities at that point in time. We were top of the charts uh, in recruitment. At the American University of Cairo, uh, Nestlé was one of the sought after companies. Youngsters joined us. We opened a new head office at that point in time. Uh, very vibrant, very, uh, very uh, uh, innovative uh, group of people we got into the company. The company did well, so crisis was an opportunity, and uh, of course, from there I went to Philippines briefly because I was given the, the uh, you know the respite saying of being five years in uh, right. in, in in an absolute storm. The company was very considerate, sending me to Philippines, which is one of our biggest and most prestigious markets in uh, in a large Asit. market. One of very large okay. markets. Uh, we were, I think, the fourth or fifth largest company in the country. Right. Uh, but then that was only a short four years, or four months, four months, when the Maggie crisis yeah. happened. So coming to that, I
1: know you've talked a lot about the Maggie crisis and various four hours and all that. But just two questions from that. What were the learnings for you personally from that crisis and the learnings for Nestlé as a company from that Maggie crisis?
2: I think uh, a few, personally a few lessons for me. I think the three most important lessons is uh, The power of purpose, of sincerity and people, I think that is what it was. Uh, Whatever was done, I know a lot is attributed to me, but I think a huge amount was done by the people and the partners in the company. And uh, I think we were, we are always an ethical, honest company my job as the as a, as a leader at that point in time was to communicate that and uh, uh, i think i'm i'm very grateful to the to the to, to, to the media that for having also reflected on the decency of the company and of putting out the facts as they were and i think that for me is very important so the power of people uh, and the power of purpose very clearly was 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 a big learning for me Number two is that uh, uh, many times reality is not reality, but perception is reality. Yeah, that's true. So uh, I think the perception that initially went around that something was horribly wrong and where we took our time to, to, to respond, not because we didn't want to respond, but, but Tesla's style is obvious that you deal one to one. If there's an issue with the regulator, you deal with the regulator. You don't allow yourself to be, be, side-tracked. Multiple yeah. be sidetracked. So that was the intention. But unfortunately, that's not the way in which uh, yeah. the, uh, the public up. and the, the media looked at it. And it spiraled out of control. And also, if you recall, Viren, uh, that was a it was a perfect stop. There was no other big piece of news, either economic or political, at that point in time. So we became, you know, we are... You we know, are a popular large brand, of baggy, but we are not the biggest thing in this country. We mm. are one brand among many brands, yeah. and we became, so. became a whipping horse. So, in a, in a sense, I think that was the uh, the, the the second uh, the, the lesson that reality is never reality; perception is 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 is, 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 is reality. And the third one really is uh, that it gave us, uh, you know, it was it was like a trial by fire and it helped us to strengthen the company a lot more. So we became a more innovative company, we became a more inclusive company, we became a more approachable company. You That's know, my, true, yeah. my My, uh, my own uh, both the backbone and the capability to meet uh, people in the media, in different walks of the environment uh, to explain our point of view uh, became a lot more. And uh, I think you know the fact is that all that translated into performance. So, <coughs> I remember when I when I took over, uh, the share price of the company was I mean, five thousand odd. Yeah, some twenty thousand or something. Right. Wow! It's <laughs> now hit hit about uh, almost nineteen five. Or, so. or so. So, uh, I think I think that was that was uh, translated also uh, into to into, into performance, and uh, uh, these also then become. Become important lessons for the company as well. That
1: uh, yeah. So was that a brief given to you by the top management, industry, or you just made your own brief? No, I think actually it. one of the
2: things is, is that uh, you know I obviously I was put in here because I had the complete uh, trust of the of the top management. I remember when uh, the, when this happened, when I got the call from my global CEO and from my immediate boss. Uh, who was that? Uh, there a lady called Wanling Martello. Wan? Wanling. W-A-N-L-I-N-G. Wan. Okay. Wanling one Martello. She had uh, come to us. She was the CFO of the company. She had come to us from Walmart. And uh, uh, she called me.
1: She was Switzerland based.
2: Switzerland based. Okay. And she was the uh, the uh, the director in charge of Asia, Oceania and Africa. And uh, she called me up. She said, uh, Sorry, if we want you back in India. So I was, I was quite stunned you know, because here I was in Philippines having a, quite a nice time, and uh, so I, I sort of told my wife. I said, look, uh, you know, there are three hundred thousand employees in this company, and I don't know why I am the only fellow who seemed to be selected for this uh, for this particular job. So uh, initially, it, it was it was uh, a shock. Then I called up my dad, my late father. And I told him, I said, they are calling me back to India. So he said, Just no, he you. is one of those uh, old school, uh, duty first. So he said, uh, son, your duty is to your company. You always
1: converse in Tamil or in English? He is, uh, conversed converse in, in English, in English, in English and
2: uh, So he told me, he said, but duty now. Mm-hmm. not <laughs> Secondly, he told me in English, he said, look, you must be trusted. You don't put your worst soldier in yep, the toughest team. Yeah, you never do that. Right. So there must be there must uh, they must be having trust and confidence in you to put you into this uh, into this slot. So I, that gave me a lot of uh, confidence. And secondly, the way I looked at it, uh, Vire, you know, I owe a lot to this team. You know, my my career in Nestle took off because of the Nestle India team. My my credibility and credentials in the Nestle organization were built by this team. And I had, and I am blessed with a lot of respect and credibility with this team. So I said, look, this is their hour of crisis. And I think as a leader, I should go back and help this team, uh, which is a proud team, which is an achieving team, to come back into the landline. So That was my second uh, thing. And probably the third big lesson for me is uh, you need a certain wisdom and maturity uh, to take on roles at, at, at uh, such junctures. If I was a 40-year-old and I had been given this job, I would have reacted differently because I had a huge you know, runway ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And the fear I would have had is if I botch it up and yeah, I'm finished. Yeah, yeah. Right? When I'm in my mid-50s and you give me this job, the way i took it was and I, my father told me he said parba successful are you? you are
0: okay
2: illana retired wide nilangire kwa hindu paper and coffee you will get, it, oh. get. Oh. so these are the this is the way. so when you don't worry about consequences to yourself mm. i think you do a much better job as a leader then you do what is right not what is right for you. And I think I think that sometimes today in in in, in the COVID situation itself, why do some organizations flounder? It's seldom because of terrible strategies or because of poor execution capabilities. It's often because the leadership and the leadership team doesn't have the depth, the maturity and the perspective. To look at the larger issues in life and managing business rather than managing themselves and their fortunes. Mm. Good point. And that's where that's where the rubber hits the road. Because your your people will, will, will always remember the way you made them feel in a difficult situation. Not what happened to you. Yeah. You got a promotion, you got X, Y, Z, mm. it's you know good luck to you. But what did you do about the larger uh, cause of people? And I think that these are, for me, these are, these are useful lessons. And you see this every day. You know, when, you, when you see an a, a army officer on the borders, what is he doing? He's trying to protect his country and protect his people. He's not worried all the time that, you know, is a bullet going to come at me. So if you're less worried about the bullet coming at you, but more concerned about the bullets not spraying themselves on your people.
1: So let me jag back a little. Uh, so I heard that you're very fond of dohas and couplets, and your does uh, this come from your background in Hindi? and?
2: Surprisingly, it came out of uh, my my Hindi. In uh, you know, firstly my first language I learnt was Hindi because right. when, I, uh, when I was born, my father was in Bhopal, and uh, with the P W D, and then he uh, he shifted his job to border roads, okay. and then we went to Delhi Road. So therefore. Hindi Indian became my, 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 almost my first language before I learnt anything else. But actually my, my love for Doha's uh, is completely and totally attributable uh, to my Hindi teacher in okay. Rishi Valley, a venerable gentleman called Mishraji. Mishraji. Yeah. Mishraji. Okay. Mishraji. So, Mishraji is the one who gave me my love for Doha's and uh, because he used to read them right. with a lot of expression. And somehow it triggered something in me that you know it's it's, it's meaningful. And he used to explain the meaning also extremely well. Right. So all the dohas that I that I sometimes say are dohas that I remember from forty-five years ago. Okay. In school.
1: So what is your favorite doha? If you want, if I were to ask you to recite one.
2: Look, I think one which which I always remember is uh, "Bura jo dekhan mai chala, bura na koi." Which is, I went out into this world to look for bad people. I didn't find anybody. Didn't find anybody. Yeah. when I looked at, introspected and looked at myself, nobody. Only worse than me. Yeah. So I think that constant quest to be a better human, to be a better person, is what Sant Kabir said. This is, this is a Kabir Doha. This is a Kabir Doha. And and this was uh, uh, told to me first by my Hindi teacher, and like this, many dohas du- he used to. Okay. In fact, he used to compose some of his own. We were in a, in a hostel, yeah. so uh, in the morning he used to, to come and, uh, and to wake us up. Normally, you know, you would expect a teacher to knock, knock, and get up, get up, get up, get up, but uh, he, would, he would say, uh, I think, something that he himself composed. It went like this. It said, Uthjaag Musafir. Uthjaag Musafir. Get up. Traveler. Traveler. Bhor yeah. bhai. Yeah. It's now the dawn. Yeah. Ab chain kahan jo sowat hai. Why do you sleep? Yeah. Yeah. And how do you have the the ability to sleep? Right. Jo sowat hai, wo rovat hai. Oh. Sleeps he cries more. Right. Jo jagat hai, so pawat hai. Uh-huh. Uthjaag bhai. Okay. okay. You know? So... I remember this because he used to, uh, I think for two, three years, he was my housemaster. So you remember every, this for all these years? Yes. And he used to say this to you every morning. So I think, you know. I think that just gets embedded in your. One, one of the things uh, when I reflect on it, that's what I'll probably do in my next stage of my career is, I want to be a teacher. Because I think the greatest impact anybody can have in this world apart from of course medical and you know, those uh, people who save your lives, is actually the teacher. Whatever I am telling you today, are all values built by them. Yeah, the fact
1: that you remember it after so many years emblazoned into your memory. But it, is, yeah. it is, it is. Yeah. It is
2: changed into your memory. Yeah. It will remain with you all your life. And of course, uh, Mishraji unfortunately passed away a few months ago.
1: And you were in touch with him.
2: And uh, no, we were not. Uh, some of my my classmates uh, were in, were in touch with him. So uh, we were all deeply saddened because for many of us, uh, we have in fact one of our English teachers who passed away two three days ago. Again, so many memories and such strong memories with teachers because what they do to you, I don't think sometimes even parents don't do. And even later on in your own lives, uh, your colleagues don't impact you as much as a teacher. So, my love for for Doha's my teacher. Some of the principles and values that I hold dear, teachers: uh, respect, decency, and empathy. Vishivali. who was the guru there, Jay Krishnamurti. So, I may not be an expert in Krishnamurti's philosophy, but what the that human being left behind in that school as values have remained. And I think that's why the education, the field of education, uh, is so, so important to our country. Yeah. So, so important. The foundation, yeah. It's a foundation. Yeah. Without it, ideally, I really, and I salute every teacher. And uh, even in my own uh, Rishi group, we have a few of my uh, classmates who went on to be teachers. And I keep telling them, I said, look, yours is the noblest. Contribution. You know, they keep saying, you know, you're a great CEO I said, look, being a great CEO is not half as fulfilling as being a great teacher because you have influenced, I don't know how many hundred students in your life and they will go on to influence many more hundred people. Mm. So the impact of them is much more uh, like, a, like, a, like a fragrant bouquet, yeah. much more manifest. Then what a CEO ripple, was... a ripple effect is far more. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. So, um,
1: uh, so Rishi Valley was one which you say influenced you a great deal. Uh, they always say it's lonely at the top for a CEO. So, where do you look for your inspirations, for your guidance? And look, for me, uh, for
2: me, I think we have a few things. One is I'm, I'm very close to my family. My wife is someone who's uh, who's been a a pivotal influence in my life. Rajita has been very, very, uh, you know, she's she's the one who keeps me, my feet firmly planted on the ground. I have a daughter uh, who's, who lives and works uh, in the US. Again, has been a, uh, a real influence on me. What are the
1: names? Ranjita, Rajita Rajita? Okay. Rajita. R A G I T A M J. Avanti. Avanti is your daughter. Yeah, daughter.
2: So, I think my parents have played a very uh, important role.
1: Yeah, I gathered as much people. And
2: uh, and I think you know the the two people who who really have cemented the power of uh, the power of communication, the power of relationships. Uh, my maternal and my paternal grandmother, both the parties uh, I spent time with, and uh, Nani, as I used to call my mother's mother, uh, she was probably one of the most inspiring people that I met. And uh, the whole value of human relationships uh, and cultivating uh, an attitude of magnanimity, you know. She would forgive anybody. People would say all kinds of things and she would say, ah, Poda. poda. Uh-huh. You know? And I think that was tremendous capability. Tremendous capability. That's what she gave me. And my paternal grandmother, um, very quiet person, not not prone to much uh, talk. She will be thinking a lot of the time. She spent uh, her last years with with, with uh, my parents and uh, with me. And she uh, told me something in Tamil, which I, I still remember. Kalam mm. ponalu So she used to say, times will go by, but the words the will word go they mean, yeah. So she used to always tell me, alandu mm. Careful with your words. Be very careful. Your words and and, and and say only what you mean. Wonderful. Yeah. And I think I think these are uh, the, these these the, uh, these people in a sense have defined uh, even my own reaction. So sometimes when I'm in, in, a, in a difficult spot, I will uh, think at how would my mother have reacted? How would my party party have reacted to it? Uh, my mother was a lasting influence on me. Very imaginative person, uh, storytelling. You know, she's a she's a master storyteller. She could. What's your mom's name? Shanti. Shanti. Yeah. yeah. So she would uh, she would say stories uh, at the drop of a hat, and she would articulate many stories. So we actually had a, we actually had a language because we didn't want our father to understand my father mm-hmm. to figure out all that we were saying. Mm-hmm so we had we had a language that was part tamil and part english and a bit of hindi thrown in okay that the two of us only would speak in what would be the moments where we didn't want my dad to understand what we were saying okay, okay. and uh, so i mean it's it's uh, it's this kind of uh, this kind of uh, warmth of uh, relationships and then, of course, my, 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 my colleagues. I mean, I, one of the things I've always believed in is, uh, I have been blessed, and I think I try and cultivate uh, my relationships with my colleagues, which are more than just uh, transaction. My close team, I know them well. I, I'm able to. I think I have a little bit of gift to be able to assess them, their strengths, their motives. Uh, their inspirations and, uh, and, try and, and and try and try uh, and get them to do the best for uh, for the company. Many times, uh, I don't feel that loneliness at the top because I I have them and uh, they have the privilege of telling me what they feel.
1: But what about from the professional world? I mean, or do you look at readings or from people? That you get
2: your ideas from. I do. I do. I do read. As I as I mentioned, I do. I do have good uh, uh, good friendships. Uh, you know, uh, my peer group companies. Uh, I have a, a friendly relationship with with uh, most of the CEOs. You know, we we compete like hell in the marketplace. Uh, but uh, I think we are all uh, firmly what I would call uh, middle class uh, professional Project. and people who have risen to the to the top by the dint of hard work you so
1: know. you have that camaraderie
2: you know you have that you know so these are uh, uh, my 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 pay my group CEOs I I uh, I have that relationship with them and I think it's it's mutual uh, but yes it's uh, it's only friendship uh, when we compete we compete uh, head know and I I've never I've never compromised on that Right, you know, right. And that's that's something that missing a target, missing an objective, missing a KPI is is yes. to me. I don't right. like it. Right. So uh,
1: last year, I think you were saying that rural India growth was good, coming back to yes. the business. So the rural India growth was good, and it would uh, be good for the company. But what's the situation this year?
2: Look, I think overall uh, overall terms, uh, growth has been uh, has been uh, uh, fairly strong for us. You know? at least for the, uh, you know, we are January to December so we declared results uh, till September and uh, I think the results have been fairly strong. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, for us the rural growth has been outstripping urban growth. Uh, and this has been true for the last couple of years. It's not just uh, just last few quarters. Uh, so we, we do see, you know, we have the bumps, you know, with uh, the way I see it is with 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 Omicron, we might have a few bumps. We don't know right. operational issues, but I think we have learnt along the way how to cope with it. I think when it first hit us, uh, it took all of us by surprise. But now we have got coping mechanisms: manufacturing, logistics, distribution, uh, selling, marketing. You know, we 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 have we have got internal mechanisms now which are fairly strong. Uh, I do see that uh, you know god willing if omicron doesn't turn out to be a huge a complete disaster for the country that actually we might recover quite strongly because i i don't i see ourselves as a strong consumption economy and i don't see ourselves derailing so quickly right we will we will of course if this leads into god forbid something like the second wave that we had in major one doesn't know I can't. I can't say how how bad it, it can be, but uh, if it turns out to be relatively benign, uh, I think the whole sector, uh, the, the consumer sector, should be uh, should be in for relatively uh, smoother uh, growth. Of course, the specter of inflation is still on us. Yeah, costs. Yeah. costs are up. Uh, you know, across the board, you can see. Uh, manufacturers have had to take up prices. Commodity,
1: packaging costs. Everything, everything, is everything is up. I Plus, know. of course, petrol price, diesel price. Hike. Everything is up. So,
2: that's something we can't run away from. I said this a uh, couple of months back. I continue to maintain that I think the specter of inflation is something that we have to watch. Are
1: we going to see a round price hikes from next year? We've already
2: had uh, some price uh, hikes that uh, we have done. Uh, we are watching, and uh, you know, we would, we would, uh, we would not want the. The engine of growth to be impacted, uh, and you know, for us, penetration-led volume growth is the core of what has been our successful mantra in the last uh, five to six years. One would like that to be derailed, but uh, we'll have to see as as but, things go by. Do you see that 25% from rural
1: areas contribute to your Do you see that going
2: up? Well, we are we are strongly uh, putting behind uh, a rural world strategy which is being already uh, in in execution, which is getting into uh, uh, 120,000 villages, uh, getting into into more of the tier 2, tier 3 type towns, putting in more infrastructure, uh, tailoring our portfolio, putting in more feet on the ground. Mm -hmm. Uh, So all that will continue. So I would see the dial uh, gradually starting to move uh, and uh, this is, gives me the confidence that uh, the time for Nestle has really come in the minds of the consumer. And uh, it's not just an urban phenomenon. Today, in smaller towns, people know Maggie, know Kit Kat, know Nescafe, Cafe, know our nutrition brands, mm-hmm. and uh, that's heartening. And with the post pandemic, where quality of nutrition, uh, quality and safety of brands, and Longevity and uh, and uh, reputation of brands have become very important.
1: Yeah, you talked last time when we had a conversation. You said you, you a lot of new products in the pipeline. Yeah, so have all that rollout happened?
2: Yeah, we have. Uh, you see, we have uh, in the last uh, three to four, for the last four to five years, almost ninety new products have been have been launched. Uh, we have another uh, twenty thirty uh, projects on the on the okay. island, right. So, but I think at the moment, what what we are trying to do is. Really focus on the core to see that the core continues to get the strongest support because, in any business model, the core that contributes to more than half your turnover and more than half the your. The core product. is for you the, bear, the milk food, or the baby you know, the, food. The, uh, uh, the, the the current portfolio of brands that we have got in milk and nutrition, in uh, prepared dishes, in chocolates, confectionery, and in coffee, these, this is the core. Yeah. So, this core, we would like it to keep growing growing and to be having adequate fuel for growth. So, in terms of uh, advertising and promotions, uh, in terms of distribution support, uh, CapEx support, etc., etc., this this remains strong. We have, as you know, announced 26 billion billion of of investment. Uh, Almost half of it is now completed. Uh, and that will really be supporting these four four categories. The innovation platform uh, is also working on hyperdrive, but the innovation platform will start seeing even stronger traction when things start becoming a little bit more clearer on the environment. Because I don't want a situation where I launch, argument's sake, 20 new products. And find that you know distribution in half the place is mm-hmm. not taking place. You know uh, there's a there's a problem in the factory. There's a problem in the, in the supply of material. It's not a good way to do things. So at the moment the the focus is is very clear. The core must deliver, and if the core powers, then the rest of it can be, can be yeah. So are they all national products or the market, products tailored for no, specific? So this be easy, as you know, we have uh, today uh, what we call a 15 cluster approach, which is we have clustered uh, the country into into different uh, uh, channel, brand, uh, SKU category uh, geographies. Uh, We have a fairly strong uh, data analytics uh, group. Uh, It's a project called MIDAS, which uh, really uh, uh, is called uh, Multi-Intelligence Data Analytics System. Uh, So we use the power of of data and information which we have got uh, fairly well aligned across the organization. Or uh, to geo-target products, so I think the days when you had one product and you spread They'll it all over India—that's yeah, that's, that's expensive mm-hmm. and also inefficient. Uh, today we have got more geographically targeted uh, products, focused products.
1: Just give me some example. What,
2: uh, uh, like for example, um, uh, uh, we uh, we've uh, got uh, let's say Nescafe Sunrise, right? Nescafe Sunrise is largely a South and West centric brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't have it all over the uh, the uh, the uh, the country. It's not popular in the north. No. Okay. No. That's cafes. Okay. Right. So uh, like this, you you got different. You know, we got masala magic, for example, or we got our, our uh, spice mix and answer uh, called masala magic. So there is a masala magic for the north and west part. For south, it's called masala, masala wind magic, which is tailored to the. Uh, Tamil, Puriyal, or okay. two those kind of things. So again, geo-targeted. Right. I will not take this and put it there right. simply because there is a Tamil population in Delhi. Doesn't mean I'll put it there. Right. Maybe through the uh, informal channels. And informal channel, it may land up there, yeah. but it will be distributed in the south. So like this, uh, focusing brands mm-hmm. on and SKUs on particular geographies. Right.
1: So. Um, how many from how many outlets do you want to expand how many outlets do you know in rural India
2: or all, all India see we, we cover about close to five million outlets I okay. So we will reach in the next couple of years maybe six six and a half million outlets. That's the overall okay. but again more than the number of outlets, I think it's the quality of distribution that matters okay uh, for us because uh, we will never be like a like a, like, a, like uh, you know uh, categories like biscuits or tobacco. They go to many more outlets, but there it makes sense for them. Yeah. In my case, my portfolio uh, is such that it, they have to go to a certain uh, type of outlet where the throughput per outlet is reasonable enough for us to do a distribution model. Right,
1: right.
2: Just one last question
1: before we maybe can converse over lunch as well. Um, are there any irreversible consumer trends you have seen in this past two years? Which I think are there fact-makers? are. There
2: are three trends which to me will be, will be irreversible. Number one is the trust and uh, uh, the trust in the quality of interpretation of brands that uh, I think the, the the older, more prone brands will have an advantage. Number two is uh, uh, seeking uh, immunity and safety for the family. Uh, that is not likely to go away because it's... Covid doesn't look like it's walking away tomorrow and then god knows what else follows on this and the third is the quality of nutrition uh, will not will not uh, go away either people will uh, buy products which are uh, more efficacious on the nutrition front, and probably the fourth trend would be seeking value will not go away because people are going to be strapped for budgets you know inequality has gone up in this pandemic those who can afford can buy anything. Those who can't afford are struggling. So seeking value will continue to be important. So these four trends, I think, are going to be here for a while. What are the digital play? I mean, digital. Yeah, that's a that's a very good uh, point. And yes, I think uh, that's. Uh, I was talking at more from for, a uh, from a product-centric uh, space. But yes, uh, I think digital as a as a way of business and uh, as a way of interface, as a way of communication. Uh, has become an imperative. Uh, I don't think any company can can now have a pure uh, offline brick and mortar kind of approach uh, to uh, to marketing and operations. Uh, companies will be forced to because of the digital connect that the consumers are in, and India is today the fastest growing market for for uh, uh, digital connectivity in the world. I mean, we consume more data than even China, I believe. No. (laughs) So, uh, you know, that's the reason why companies like ours look forward to a brighter future because uh, the guy sitting in Gumri Pundi and the guy sitting in China are watching the same videos. Yeah. They're watching the same movies. They're watching, they're aspiring to the same role models. Products and role models, yeah. So, they will buy the same products. So, today, how much is
1: digital in your overall Still digital
2: we would uh, no digital is fairly big uh, uh, in some brands it will be as high as uh, half the spend in oh. some brands it will be uh, uh, about 10 to 15 percent so overall terms is about uh, 30 percent 30 35 percent at least would be is on the sales market. from digital is uh, is uh, uh, investment on digital Oh, your investment. Yeah. Okay. But I'm saying… what oh, You mean from e-commerce. E-commerce, yeah. we get about 5-6% to 6 percent of okay. six, right. which was 0.6% 3-4 uh, years ago. Okay. Our business has grown about 7-8 times. Right.
1: So, which brands would you be spending more on digital? Uh,
2: many of our Maggie spends a lot on digital. Nescafe uh, spends a lot on digital. KitKat spends a lot on digital. So, these are… Milkmaid spends a lot on digital. Because right. this is where the consumers are. Consumers are. I during, mean, during the pandemic, uh, baking for example has yeah, become yeah. a yeah. very, very important hobby.
1: So, Milkmaid was suggested. Milkmaid. Now. I know we ourselves I have bought a lot of milkmaid.
2: And where do we where yeah. do we put milkmaid on? Digital. Yeah. Because of all the baking sites, and many of the, you know, one of uh, our, our own site, milkmaid.com, mm. is also one of the most frequent sites mm. for uh, dessert recipes. So, it's become a huge hit for the baking. Uh, mm. Uh, official i
1: So, just curious, an organization like say Nestle asks this question of most CEOs. Most of you, your middle management, are all grown up in B schools and all from the eighties. So, is there somebody actually teaching you the new media, the social media? Is there any
2: I, I, training no, I, going I, on? Uh, well, we do get uh, exposed to it. Uh, what I really try and do is to learn from the youngsters in the company. I, I don't. I haven't done serious reverse mentoring of, of, of a sort and especially in COVID times it becomes even more difficult. Uh, but I do ask uh, dumb questions mm. at these meetings because honestly <coughs> my level of exposure is, is quite limited. And no, and
1: these youngsters are kind of born to it. Yeah.
2: So I think it's uh, it's fascinating to see the way in which they think about, uh, about these things. And uh, yeah, therefore I, my first lesson was when we came back with... Uh, Relaunched Maggie in 2015 uh, after the crisis. Uh, the, my my first instinct was to launch in the trade. You know, to go that's the way I was being taught, you know, yeah. go to shops and uh, give boxes of sweets and and hug each other and you know, launch the brand. Till a youngster, uh, an assistant brand manager, he, he told me, "Sir, uh, I have a slightly different idea." I said, "What is your idea?" He said, "Sir, let us launch it on Snapdeal." that time Snapdeal was made. Yeah. Uh, so I said, why Snapdeal? He said, sir, my generation, uh, which is the generation for, for Maggie, Maggie yeah. uh, doesn't go to the shops anymore. We order online. Amazon and others are, are just…
1: You la- I you la- launched large packs, right? Yes. Okay. We had those special uh, yeah.
2: uh, Maggie packs, Yeah. Uh, 60,000 packs. We put them on Snapdeal. I remember. And they were… They snapped off They went off in less than 10 minutes. Yeah. And we had uh, we a more uh, PR advertising than what we would have generated in six months to a year.
1: People writing, writing about in, it, yeah. Media writing about media it.
2: Media writing about it. And, and, and that idea didn't come from your story. It came from an assistant manager. At least I had uh, less of the ego uh, to allow go through rather than say no, but this is not the way to do yeah. it. But uh, that's true. That's true. That's true. And, and, and today the digital space is is alive and well and uh, a and, uh, lot of my brands are, are heavily into it and i'm very happy that you know 80 percent of nestle are millennials and generation z and uh, that's the it's a young company even though it's a it's a 155 year old company worldwide but it's a young company uh, in terms of people and i'm delighted because these youngsters they know the medium and the message both
1: Absolutely, yeah. You know, I'm constantly learning from the youngsters at my own. because team here. because
2: they 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 have the ideas and they have the what I'm able to provide them is probably the the color of wisdom and uh, uh, the touch of pragmatism that look these this far and no further because mm. then it can hurt the company. That's all I can define. Otherwise, ideas are coming from them. the uh, The pace of innovation is coming from them. Uh, the blitz of, of trying out new things is coming from them, and therefore you see it. I mean, <clears throat> when uh, the the campaign that uh, uh, that we uh, recently had on all our brands, uh, face of hope, when yeah, we yeah, changed yeah. the, the 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 brand logos all had masks on it. Masks yeah. came from came from youngsters. They think, sir, what can? Why can't we as a company do something about uh, educating consumers? A hundred million of them. Uh, in terms of uh, mask wearing, masks yeah. That's so I saw. the idea came from them. The execution came from them. My job was to say, yeah, it's a great idea. Let's go, it, go ahead it, and, and do it. So, yeah, it is. It is. Like that. That's why I have hope for the country that uh, you know, if you're able to give a lot of these youngsters opportunities, and that's what we did during the the pandemic. You know, we uh, we had these internships. You know, a thousand internships. Uh, in 2020 and 2021. What do you call it? Uh, Nesternships. These are internships.
1: Okay. Nestern? Nestern. Okay. As a Nestle? Nestle, yeah.
2: Internships. So, Nesternships. The idea came to me because I'm you know, i on LinkedIn. So, a couple of youngsters sent me a message saying, sir, can you seek a internship in your company? Because uh, we've lost our internship opportunities. Some of us have lost our jobs because of COVID. And uh, I discussed with my then HR director I told him, I said, look, it's, it's, it, it disturbs me to think that number of youngsters are being deprived of things that they couldn't have done. Uh, can we do something? And I'm really proud that uh, people in my company came together, a lot of them youngsters, saying, sir, let's have a one month uh, paid internship program. Online? Ongoing. Uh, we recruit them from, you know, anybody can... Any graduate, postgraduate can apply. So we don't have only IIMs or whatever, anybody. So Jammu University, Bundelkhand University, Madhya University, Chennai University, whatever, wherever you are, there you apply for it. And then there is a screening mechanism. Uh, we had uh, we had a screening uh, company that uh, helped us, and we we got them in, in all virtual internships. I thousand, say. thousand, thousand each year. But uh, massive exercises. Massive exercises. We did 1,000 in 2020, 1,000 in 2021 and at least 2,000 years so normally our internships are anywhere between 20 to 30 people each year but we opened it up. So what do they do?
1: You they do them projects?
2: We give them all live projects and they have got mentors. So what do we do? Three things. They have live projects which are useful that will be acted upon. They have mentors within the organization again dealing with them virtually and then third we give them free uh, classes in interviewing skills and oh. CV writing. Okay, how do you write your your, your CV?
1: So you had some expert talk yes, to them, once. Yes, we, like?
2: we had, that. and at least I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy that 2,000 youngsters had this opportunity. And importantly, you know, in our uh, CV-driven uh, society, if you put there, an internship in this way, right. it carries value. So,
1: other options are open for them. Somebody
2: will say, okay, this, this boy or the girl is. But anything
1: translated me. into employment in Nestle itself? A few
2: of them are being recruited by the company. And also, it opens the eyes of my own people to the fact that talent is available everywhere. everywhere not just. In you don't have to go to top 10 business mm-hmm. schools to recruit uh, recruit talent.
1: I'm sure none of the top 10 would have applied for this.
2: No, they don't need to. They don't need to because they get snapped up anyway. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, a lot of a lot of youngsters, oh, lot of youngsters wonderful are to applying. Answer, actually, yeah. uh, you know, we I was very happy that food technologies, uh, digital marketers, uh, manufacturing specialists, electrical engineers, mm. uh, and uh, some people from you know, and, and uh, most of them, many were from small towns.
1: Wonderful to hear, actually.
2: Yeah. From small towns, they are applying, and they are they I mean, I'm I'm happy that at least an you know, opportunity is being you know and. This is where you know, every time we, we keep saying that look, the government must do this, the government must do it. I also say fine, okay, there, there is a primary task there, I'm not, I'm not denying it. But how much private enterprise can also do. Can also do yeah. And it, it meant, you know, it is easier said than done because I, you know, I put in this idea. But I commend and salute the hundreds of Nestle employees who devoted time to this apart from their work. You know, remember they have got a full day job. Yeah. yeah. On top of that, you have got two interns Met who need your manager. attention, and your family, and you know, COVID and everything else. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it speaks commitment. But uh, my feedback is from the organization is that people have been very happy with it. They said Look, we feel useful. Mm-hmm. We you know, contribute something, something yeah. for, for youngsters in this country. But this idea became very popular in the Nestle world. So that many right. of my, my brother markets and sister mm-hmm. markets who took on this idea and said we will we will do it. Uh, you know we have these gas uh, cafe and baggy uh, stores <coughs> that that we open up in yo. colleges and different places, the airport and all you see. Yo. You know? uh, basically, my the idea that we had was to create entrepreneurial opportunities. Today you don't have jobs, so a young fellow coming out of a college can just put up a stall. Bro? Can put up a stall he employs two three people he gets a he sells all well known brands mm-hmm. right he gets a decent income he employs a few people and he creates you know they open one two three four like this and they expand so we had franchises uh, youngsters coming to us mm-hmm. starting these franchises as well
1: good terrific to hear yeah there is not really much talked about but I'm glad you spoke about it
2: no i think it's yeah. uh, it's and we have about uh, almost uh, over 700 to 750 of these across the country you
1: know?
2: mm-hmm. the franchise selling Maggie yeah, coffee, and and coffee in fact uh, we have one that opened uh, uh, two months ago in nathula Natula Pass. Natula Pass. Yeah. Yes. There. Okay. We have it there. Oh, Yes, there.
1: Uh, Magi has become comfort food now
2: actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So is it's there. A... That chocolate uh, It's run by, I believe, by uh, ex-servicemen. And there, it's, it's a military uh, establishment. So, uh, the army has control over it and uh, they've given it to an ex-serviceman. It also serves a national cause and uh, I'm very happy because it creates entrepreneurial opportunities. I've had people, uh, youngsters who leave uh, good jobs. Uh, to come and do it they say look it's, it's more fulfilling I have my own little four of these uh, small places
1: Terrific. good right
0: if you like what you heard share the link check out our site thehindubusinessline.com and watch our videos on youtube.com backslash thehindubusinessline that is youtube.com backslash thehindubusinessline thank you for tuning in you'll hear more from us next time